Awesome. Amen. You can be seated. Did you bring a Bible with you today? All right, good. Well, we're going to need it this morning. I'm going to be sharing some stuff, uh, very important uh, information about faith and about believing God and the process that happens when we're trusting and believing in the Lord and uh, for miracles and for signs and for wonders and for uh, fulfilling his divine purpose within our lives. And so we're going to start in the book of Hebrews, if you would. And uh, we're going to start in verse 6. And we talked about how that this year that the Lord has really spoken to us about that we're going to be contending at the door of faith. That the battle that we'll face this coming year is more going to be with our faith and us believing God, standing in faith, keeping our faith, not losing our faith and continuing to grow in our faith. And I know that's a lot. But uh, this is really the challenge that's before us. We look at all of the things that are going on around us, the things that are predicted that are around us, the things that, uh, that our families, you know, you're going to be with family on Thanksgiving. Um, you know, just realize if you're with family that there's probably somebody there that's scared about what's going on in the world right now. And uh, so we want to be the strongest most focused people on the face of the planet. Can you say amen? amen? We're the body of Christ. We should live like the body of Christ. We should operate. We rule and reign with Christ throughout eternity because we're the body of Christ. And uh, so we need to recognize that as we are that, that God get, helps us as we develop our faith and grow in our faith. And uh, Hebrews eleven six says that, but without faith, It's impossible to please him, talking about God, for he who comes to God must believe that he is. So number one, you have to believe that he is. And number two, you have to believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, there are a lot of people that believe that he is. There are a lot. In fact, in the United States of America, it's still, you know, like up in the 70 percentile of people that say, yes, I believe there is a God. But it's when you get to the second part of this that that it's through faith that I also believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That as we pursue God in our lives, that that there is reward that comes back to us. Most, I don't want to say most, but there is a vast majority of Christians that believe that seeking God means I'm going to have to give up stuff. No reward, basically. But there is great reward. And we're not just talking about eternal rewards here, which there are those. But we're talking about the rewards that we can experience now in this time. And that's releasing our faith and believing God and seeing his miracles take place in our lives. And that's what the scripture tells us is all is all possible to us. So I want to share with you today the idea of the six levels that we move through in faith, and everybody moves through these, okay? So maybe this will help you a little bit in understanding and in your faith, but everybody moves through these in their life. We, we <clears throat> Even if you look at Hebrews chapter 12, where it talks about these great men and women of faith, that every one of them moved through this process of uh, the different things that, that, they, that you go through in the different stages of faith. Of course, that first part of faith is the dream. It's the it's the dream that we have the, the, of something better, of something different than where we're at right now. 
If, it's, if we're sick, that we, we have a dream of being healthy, of, of having a healthy life. And of course, that's all based off of Scripture, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so that dream or that vision that comes to our life is given to us by the Word of God. And tells us in the book of Proverbs 29, verse 18, it says that without a vision, people perish. That without a rev- In fact, one translation says without a revelation, people perish. And uh, it, it says uh, there's like three different, four different definitions of that, um, that uh, of the word perish there. They, they, they lose purpose. They, they become wild. They go every which direction in life. More like what is talked about in the book of James where it says that we become like a double-minded man, unstable in all our ways. We're moving whatever the tide is pushing us. That's the direction that we're going. But God gives us a dream and he says, look, this may be where you are, but this is where I see you going. This is where I see your life being. God sees our lives living, that we're living uh, content in our lives, that we're living with peace in our lives. We're living with love in our lives. We're living with provision, as Stephen just talked about, in our lives. God sees, he gives us dreams and, and, and vision to be able to know that. And the word of God is what is the basis of that because that's where faith comes from. So everybody starts at that level where we hear. I, I can remember the first time that I read the book, The Authority of the Believer, and uh, back in the, in the 70s. And I was like blown away because I'd never heard anything like that before. It was a different perspective from the scripture that God had given us authority, kind of based off of Luke chapter 10, verse 19 that says behold I give you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and all over all the power of the enemy I'd never heard anything like that I just you know all I heard was people talk about well we're all under attack by the devil and we're just going to have to just go through these attacks of the devil and you know bless God's name and all that that people would say you know in their testimonies I really been under attack right now and uh, so you know when we when we have that kind of mentality and then we hear something that God says in his word. Remember, our thoughts are not his thoughts. Our ways are not his ways. I, I realize we think we're really close to how God thinks. But in reality, because of sin in mankind and because of perversion of truth, we are so far, really, even in the Christian church, we are so far from thinking like God thinks. Because it's all been, and we really, the only way we can come to, in fact, the scripture tells you um, that the word of God is like a mirror. And if you get away from the mirror, what's going to happen to you? You're going to forget what kind of person you are. That's how quickly the world system, that's how much the world system is a part of our lives. That if we get away from what God says, it doesn't take long before we're back to where we were before. And so what we have to recognize is, is that it is the word that continues to convey to us what God thinks. It is the word that conveys to us God's ways. And when we see these and continue to stay in them, then our faith grows in that and develops. Hebrews 10.38 says, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by, by faith. One translation says, the just shall live by their faith. 
But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in them, which is just telling us exactly what Hebrews 11 and verse 6 says, that it's impossible to please God if we're not in faith. So the first part of being able to hear something different. Remember, maybe, maybe you could think of this, the first time you heard about living a powerful Christian life instead of a week just hanging on until you get to heaven Christian life. Maybe you could think about the first time that you heard about the, the, the power of healing and that, there's, that God has made provision for healing in his word and how that changed your perspective about sickness and disease, about poverty, that, uh, you know, those of you that are like me that were brought up in poverty, that you, your perspective changes because you learn that, he's, that God has sent his word to prosper us, that, that he wants us to prosper, that he loves it, that we're blessed. In fact, it says that in the book of uh, Psalm, bless, the blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow to it. So these are great promises from the word of God that we receive and they give us a different vision, a different dream. And we are to live by those dreams that God, that revelation that God gives to us. But in that place of dream, there's always a point of number two, which is a decision. We're going to have to make a choice about what we're going to do with that truth. Sometimes we walk away from that truth because we're just not ready to hear that truth. Other times we hear that truth, you know, maybe the maybe what we're going through right now in our lives, we're just not open to listening to uh, to what that truth is. But that doesn't alter or change the truth in any way. And it's so we have to make a decision to believe. That's why he said in Mark chapter 11 and verse 24, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you'll have them. You make that determination. You make a decision out of the dream. You make a decision out of the dream that I'm going to do this. This is mine. I'm praying for this now. This is where my faith is at. This is what I'm believing God for. Rick Renner is uh, coming out with a new translation that uh, studied deeply into the, the Greek and uh, language. And it, he, he said this verse uh, reads like this in the actual Greek language. Now remember, it's therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. The Renner translation says this, at the point in time you are praying, believe to the degree of forcefully grabbing hold of it and in time it will be yours in the physical realm. And in time it will be yours in the physical realm. So I don't know about you, maybe you have something you're believing God for right now. Maybe it's your family, it's, your, it's a, a, a loved one that's not serving Christ or has never, never received Christ. Perhaps it's your neighbor, maybe it's a, a, a situation you're in right now that you're going through financially or it's something you're going through physically. But the, God, the, the Word of God provides for us promises, exceedingly great and precious promises, and by those promises it gives us a different perspective about what we're dealing with. It tells us there's, there's a way out of this. There's a way through this. There is a, there's a, that God has made a provision. But we still have to make the choice in our lives to ask in faith. Now what does faith sound like? Faith, uh, faith believes in the heart. This is according to Romans 10. Faith believes in the heart and speaks with the mouth. What you say with your mouth is very, very important. But it doesn't do any good to say stuff if you don't believe it in your heart. <laughs> right? If you don't believe it in your heart. 
All we're doing is just making acknowledgement, but we're not, it's not a belief system that we have in our life. When we receive the Word of God, it provides a new belief to us, a new, a new idea to us that we can hold on to and that we can believe for. So now we make this decision, right? And I'm sure many of you are relating to these first two points, but then we come to the third, and that is delays. Faith always deals with delays. And uh, you might be dealing with one of those delays right now. A couple of things that work against us in the delays. The enemy, obviously, because the enemy is a resistor, which will bring persecution against us. Uh, And the world system that we live in that is totally contrary to God. The the system that's provided out there for us. So delays will come. So we're believing God and now we're experiencing these delays. Maybe we came to the altar and we asked for prayer because we believe the word that we can be healed. And when we came to the altar, we didn't really feel anything change in our body. So what do we do with those delays? Well, one is it's important for us to recognize that delay is part of the faith process. Delay is part of the faith process. Because how is your patience developed? Through faith. You say, no, my faith is I say it and it's done right now. I've got it right now in my possession. Well, that's great, but you probably are not going to find many things in your life that you've done that with. Most of the things that we have experienced in God are, have come through time periods of, as this verse said in Mark eleven twenty four, that he said, and in time it will be yours in the physical realm. It's ours in the spiritual realm, obviously, because God has already said it. And I've said this multiple times, and I'll go ahead and repeat it. God does not have to think about whether he wants you to prosper or not. Okay? He doesn't go, well, I kind of like you, and I don't like you, so I'm going to prosper this one, but I'm not going to prosper that one. No, he, he, look, he's already made that choice. The same is true with healing. And when we come forward for healing, look, healing is ours because God says it's ours. Not because the preacher said it, not because the person praying for it uh, said it's ours. It's ours because God has said that it is ours. Regardless of whether the physical, whether there has been physical change or not, on God's side, he has already made the choice that's yours. He doesn't pick and choose and go, okay, I'm going to heal this one. I'm not going to heal that one. Well, that's kind of, I think they need to suffer longer, so I'm going to leave that with them, right? And, uh, you know, and the churches had adapted a whole theology out of that, that, well, you know, it's through suffering that we become more holy. And so if you suffer long with an illness, that you become closer to God. I've met very few people that have come closer to God because of battling through an illness. And if they had to make the choice, would you rather be sick or would you rather be well? Guess what they would choose. Right? And plus, the, the, the other conundrum with this is, is that if, look, if we think it's God's will for us to be sick, then you better quit going to the doctor because you're going against God's will in your life. Man, that's great preaching, Pastor. Thank you. But delays are part of the system, Okay. 
Delays are part of what happens in the world system, what you and I live in, that our world is not completely redeemed. So we live in a system that's persecutory, that, that we have people that when we're believing God will tell us it's not going to happen. And we deal with circumstances that tell us it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And I shared with you last week that, look, the, the Word of God is the highest form of reality for you and I. What God has said. It's not what we're dealing with. It's what God has said. And if that doesn't become crystal clear to us in our lives, then our reality that we're dealing with here on this earth will always affect our faith. And not in a good way. So there are delays. Now look, this is very... I I realize this can sound close to like what the Christian science says. that None of it's real. I'm not saying none of it's real. It's all real. Illness is real. Cancer is real. Diabetes is real. All right? Blood pressure, that's a real deal, okay? Heart trouble, that's a real deal. Bankruptcy, that's a real deal. But the thing is, is is that that's this reality, but then there's God's reality. And what we're praying is, Thy kingdom come, your will be done, on earth, as the way Jesus taught us, as it is in heaven. So what you've already said in heaven, that's what I want here on earth. Can I get a good amen? amen. But you're going to deal with delays. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9 says, uh, Paul said, look, I've got an effective door that's open to me, and there are a whole lot of adversaries. And there are adversaries that are waiting, that are trying to stop me at the door. Every door that we try to go through, there will be adversaries. In fact, I can tell you honestly, I've been serving God uh, almost getting close to 50 years now. And the truth is, everything I've received from God, everything, has come with adversaries. Got baptized in the Holy Spirit? Adversaries. Learned about healing? Adversaries. In my own family. Prosperity? Oh, you're one of those name it and claim it, blab it and grab it kind of preachers. No. I'm not one of those, but I do believe that as I sow, I reap. I believe in harvest. I, you know, you ask people questions, you know, they have weird ideas about what you believe. But, but it's all come with persecution. I believe God for my kids, and it looked like they were getting worse. That's persecution against the word. Amen. So delays. Then four. You say, well, pastor, can we skip these parts? No, because it's all part of the, it's all part of the process. Number four is difficult times. Not only do you have delays, but it's during those delays that we start experiencing the difficulties, that it gets tough. It gets really tough. I I thought it was interesting in Mark chapter 10 and verse 30 where Jesus was talking about the hundredfold return. He said, you shall receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, and children, and lands with persecutions. Why did he throw that in there? The difficulty with it. Because in those difficult times. And then he said in the age to come eternal life. So all of this is happening in this life. So the difficulties that we deal with in life. The challenges that we deal with in life. It can get really difficult. I don't have to tell you this. Pain is real. It's real. It's a real deal that we, that we face. And, and it's tough when we're standing. And I get it. That we're standing in faith for something. And it just looks like it's not just delayed, but it's getting harder. 
we're getting further away from, you know, it's like I, my, my one uh, con- congregational member, Gary, that uh, he, was, he had uh, Bell's palsy, that, that his, his face had gone totally numb. He had to wear an eye patch over his eye. And um, we shared the word with him, and he was believing God, and nothing was changing. And he kept reading those scriptures, and they had to drive up to Wheeling, to West Virginia, to get there to go see the doctor that was there, the specialist they were dealing with from Marietta, which was about a 90-minute drive. And so, on their way there, he would get out. His wife would get, or his wife would get out the scriptures and read them to him, and he would say them back to her about what the word says about healing. And I remember Gary telling me that he'd gone to the doctor, and the doctor had told him that uh, he said, look, this is now getting worse. That's difficult. Has anybody been there before? That's a difficult thing. And he's, he's now, he came back and he said, you know, Pastor, what, what, what do we do? And I says, well, where are, what do you feel like you should do? He says, I feel like I should keep believing God. I got too much of this in me now to quit now. Amen. And so the difficulty got worse, and it actually said, now you have a lower percentage of recovery, and it started going down and kept getting worse and worse and worse. And then he went back to the doctor one day, and the doctor said, it's turning around. We don't understand why it's turning around, but all of a sudden that nerve's starting to release there, and your face is, and now he's totally whole and normal in his face as well. So, look, the difficulty comes, and it all, and it, and, and I could, you know, you think Abraham dealt with difficulty in his faith? Absolutely. You think Joshua dealt with difficulty in his faith? Absolutely. I mean, there isn't anybody that you can point out that was a, named in that great representation in Hebrews 12 that didn't go through this process in some way. So difficult times. And then we hit number five. And this is the one that... Uh, is probably the hardest for all of us, the dead end. It just looks like there's no way out. Paul talked about this in 2 Corinthians 1.8 in the New Living Translation. He said, We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia, where we crushed and overwhelmed, were over, and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And we thought we would never live through it. This is Paul. This is the great man of faith. This is the guy that God used supernaturally to take the church all over that part of the world at that time. And he's saying, we were overwhelmed beyond our ability. You know, in any given service, I I have to remember, there's those who are celebrating and those who are overwhelmed. They're dealing with stuff that that you might not see it. And we're real good at church putting our Christian faith faith on Faith face on, excuse me, and pretending like we're doing great when we really are struggling, when we're overwhelmed. I've been overwhelmed. And uh, I was dealing with someone the other day that uh, they were talking about how, the, how it was another pastor, and they were just talking about how they're just so overwhelmed. Everything that just seems like everything is caving in on them. And, you know, the only thing I can point to is what the scripture says in, this, in the Psalms when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. You know, when you hit that dead end and it just seems like this is it, it's not going to work, nothing's going to change. And that's what Gary went through. I've been through that in several things. You know, in in my life, 
Um, most of you know my story about uh, back in high school that I really had a dream uh, that I really believed that I was supposed to be a basketball player. I was not a basketball player, but I believed I was supposed to. And I really did work hard to try to be better at it, but I was very uncoordinated. And I remember one time that I had come home from one of our JV games. I got cut my uh, 7th, 8th, and ninth grade, so I didn't make the teams. Um, and uh, I was tall, but I just I was a dork, basically. And uh, I can remember coming home from, I had made the JV team, and, uh, and I had worked really hard to get to that point, and my my dad had told me I should quit. I didn't play good. I wasn't, it was embarrassing. And, and how that at that point in my life that I had looked at him and told him that, look, I'm not quitting no matter what you say. I'm not quitting no matter what you say. And uh, you say, man, that's really hard, Pastor, that you, you had to deal with that. Can I just tell you today that I'm thankful for that? Yeah. I'm grateful. In fact, I'm going to tell you that I'm grateful for all the people that talked me down. I'm grateful for all the people that said bad stuff about me. I'm grateful for all of those who told me I was wrong. I'm grateful for all those who told me I couldn't do it. Ken and I were just talking about that in the office. The people that say, you can't do that. I'm grateful for all of that. Because in the midst of that, it changed me. Now, I could have quit. I could have gave up. But I had a dream. I believed it was a God dream. I believe it was God's plan for my life. Just because the circumstances in your, you're in right now are saying there's no way it can happen, doesn't mean that's the final word. God hasn't given up. Don't you give up. Amen. Don't you give up. And of course, as many of you know, I went on and played college basketball and played for four years, made, got to college, it was the same thing, my coach didn't believe in me, didn't think I could ever play for him, and then he got in trouble, we were playing Ohio University, the team was in trouble, and uh, he said he was mad at his center, and so he told me to go in the game, out of frustration, and I went in the game and actually had a stellar game and started from that point on. Amen. Don't quit. Amen. Don't quit. I love this quote, uh, Robert Schuller. Any of you remember Robert Schuller? Now look, I'm not adopting his theology, all of his theology, but he had this prayer that he, uh, that he taught, and it was called the Possibility Thinker's Creed, and I loved it because back when I was in high school and in college, this really helped me through a lot of difficulties. He said, when faced with a mountain, I will not quit. I will keep on striving until I climb over, find a pass through, tunnel underneath, or simply stay and turn that mountain into a gold mine with God's help. I believe that. Don't, don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Even if people are telling you, you just need to quit. You just need to give up. I mean, there is a time, obviously, we figured out in life that this wasn't the right path for me. But if you're going through something right now, you're believing God for healing, and they're telling you there's no way that can happen. I can point out, I could tell you testimony after testimony of people that were told the exact same thing in our life today. I can, I can point out people in this church, in this church, that had filed for bankruptcy and lost everything and were told you will never get any money to start a business 
ever from any bank. Nobody will ever help you. And they went to a local bank and the bank gave them the money to do it. So don't quit. Look at your neighbor and say, don't quit. But I think in the midst of that is a sub-point. We have to change our attitude a little bit about adversity. That adversity... Actually, even though it's hard for us to go through, it's a good thing because it creates resilience within us. And God isn't going, okay, well, I'm going to put you through all these hard times. We're in a world system that's hard. We're in a, a devil that hates us and doesn't want us to succeed. And so you're going to go through those moments where you're just going to feel like it's a dead end. It's, it's, at, it's at the end. You know, I think about in our ministry here, the times that our, my staff and I, we've had to look at that it looked like we were really going to have trouble making it. You know, back in 2008, it was really tough. I mean, we got into economic deals that were going on in our world and the system and our giving had dropped and we had expenses and things we had to take care of and it just looked like there was no way. How are we going to get out of this? And uh, I remember once, one, I've, I've, one, uh, our staff meets for Tuesdays at prayer, and we were praying together. And I mean, I was really carrying knots in my stomach about this. And uh, any of you that are business owners, you understand how that can, you know, you got stuff you got to take care of, and you don't have the resources to do it. And, you know, and so we're praying, and we're just talking to God and just listening to His voice. And the Lord led me to this particular verse that talked about um, how that Jesus told the disciples to feed the, the thousands, and it said they were wondering about what to do, but it says there's a little line in there that says, but Jesus already knew what he would do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so here, here's the disciples, that's you and me. We're in panic mode. How are we going to do this? How can we make this all work? And here's Jesus going, I already know what I'm going to do. And, uh, but he didn't tell them what he was going to do, right? He, I mean, they had no idea what he was going to do. And he said, you guys feed them. And we don't have the resources to do that. So I got up and we were praying. And I just, you know, we prayed. And I prayed along that line. I said, Lord, we don't know what to do. But you know what you're going to do. And so we're just going to trust you and have faith in you. And, and then that was it. And, you know, just like in, I don't know if your prayer life is like this. But my prayer life, a lot of times, it'll be like, I'll get peace for a while. I would love permanent peace over those situations. How many of you can agree with that? Just like, but I'll get peace for a while. It'll be like, you know, okay, I'm, Lord, you spoke. I've got your word. Well, all of a sudden in that, in the service that we got done, and I don't know what we were doing, or the prayer time was over, and Carrie comes dashing through the back. And you know Carrie... I mean, she's, she doesn't, you know, she's not dancing or jumping around or anything. She's a very, she's a very stable, steady, very calm person. And she comes in waving this check in her hand and she's all excited. And I think we needed like, we needed three grand, I think, or something like that. And it was, a, it was the exact amount that we needed to be able to do what we were doing. Now, we're all in here chewing our fingernails. Right? 
And the Lord already knew what he was doing. In fact, for that check to have gotten here when it did, he already had had somebody that he had talked to way before that day even came. But I sweated all weekend over it, worrying about it. And God had already answered it. Because he knew what he was going to do. Now, here's the thing. Is there a lesson to be learned out of that? Absolutely. Could you learn that lesson without going through that? No. So see, you're in a hard time right now. Maybe something you're dealing with and you're like, man, this is tough. I'm, I'm in pain. I'm, I, I don't feel good. My mind isn't doing well here in all of this. My emotions are out of control. My finances are not looking the greatest right now. My family is a wreck. But in the midst of all of that, we rejoice. Not because of the adversity, but because God has provided a better dream, a better vision for us to get through this. And if you feel like quitting today, look, I've been there with you a hundred, hundred times, hundred, maybe a thousand times. But it's in these times that what happens to us is we learn not to quit. Not to give up. Not to throw in the towel when things aren't working. There's some things maybe we don't know. You know, maybe you're battling some stuff with your health right now and and you're like, well, the doctor has said this. Find another doctor. Not one that's going to tell you, you know, what... uh, lie to you, but one that's going to tell you that there's possibilities. I don't have any time for somebody that doesn't think possibility-wise, that thinks, nope, that's it, you're stuck with it, you're going to be this way the rest of your life. Nonsense. Nonsense. Don't quit. Don't quit. Learn more, study more, grow more, look at the Word more, but do not give up on the dream. Brother Osteen used to say it like this. How great it is to dream the dream as we stand as a youth by the starry stream. But greater still is to live life through and be able to say at the end, the dream was true. That dream is true because God said it, not because you came up with it on your own. See, it's at that dead end, and this is where, this, this is where I think this is just so important for us. Because a lot of times when we're at that point of giving up, we're right on the edge of breaking through. When we're right on the edge of giving up, we're right on the edge of breaking through. Of breaking through. The miracle's on the way. It tells us in Hebrews 10, 35-36, Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you can receive the promise. What is the will of God? Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't give up. Lawrence Chadwick, and I know I've told this story before, but it's so powerful. Because I see this happen in so many believers' lives. She was a trained swimmer who was going to swim the English Channel. The day that she goes out to swim the English Channel, um, it's cold and fog is set in across the channel. And so she gets in the water and she begins to swim across. There's a boat that's there with her just to keep an eye on her. And uh, as she's swimming across, she gets to a point where she's been in that fog for so long 
that she cannot see the shore on the other side. And so she comes to a point that she finally just looks in exhaustion. She's completely worn out and she looks at the boat and says, take me out of the water. I can't go. I can't go another step. I can't, I can't go another stroke. I can't move one more bit. I'm done. I'm, I'm worn out. I'm tired. And she, and she stops and got in the boat and they found out that she was only a couple hundred yards away from the shore. That's how close you are to your miracle. You're just a couple of hundred yards away, but see the fog of the world and the, the world system and the, the adversary that doesn't want you to succeed is saying, you're never going to get there. And you know, it's hard when you think there's no way to get there to keep putting the energy into it to get there. Don't quit. Don't give in. Don't throw in the towel. And I'm going to pray, and I want us to pray today. I want our prayer team, if you guys will come right now. Because the dream is real. And the dream will come to pass. Miracles will happen. Don't cast away your confidence. But if you're in that place right now where, look, the fog has been pretty heavy. You know, we have different kinds of fog here in Michigan, don't we? We have a light fog. Not too bad. You can see a little. But it's that heavy. When you get that real heavy deal that happens, they shut the schools down. They have to. Because you can't see. You can't see more than, you know, more than 30 feet in front of you. So it's, it's too dangerous. So maybe you're in that 30, that fog that's got it so heavy right now that you can't see beyond. In your health. Maybe in your family right now. Perhaps it's something you're dealing with financially that you're going through. Look, that fog will lift. The heaviest of fogs that have come across the state of Michigan and Gresham County have all passed away. Yeah. They all went away, didn't they? Because what had happened? The wind came. And the sun came out. And that wind pushed that fog out of the way. And I'm going to tell you, the wind of the Holy Spirit will push that fog out of the way for you today. Don't quit. You're, you're, only, you're so close to the shore. So close to your miracle. So close to breaking through physically, mentally, emotionally. Don't throw in the towel yet. Don't quit. Don't quit. Stand up with me if you would. Did you have something you wanted to? There you go. Amen.